0: i have to make a decision am i going to remain in this sunken place or i'm going to try to see if there's some someone not just anyone because not every anyone has the privilege of being a part of your vulnerable moments it's someone that won't pacify you or won't be like oh but someone to be like hey you need to get up and show up for you yes. i have those people mm. and that is one of the most Instrumental important tools of being an entrepreneur because sometimes we get it. yes and we gotta know who to phone. Mm-hmm. We can't do this like that. I can't. <laughs>
1: Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is gonna transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day, and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So, all you have to do is go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com, that's highticketlaunchsecrets.com, and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So, go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com, and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Young, and I have a really special guest, and I'm really excited to get into her story. Mrs. Giselle Marcelin, how are you today? I am so good. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being here. This is about to be really good. She's been dropping a little like like nuggets of, of dimes and gems before we even started recording, so I already know she's going to lay a little bit of, of information on you. Um, but without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit of your story?
0: Uh, well for one my name is Giselle I am the owner of Modern Ruth, is a online boutique specialized for women who likes a little bit of sexy a little bit of modesty and just kind of merge them both in one And that comes from me and my drive to wanting to do a little bit more considering being given the opportunity to come to this country. I was an immigrant, came from Dominican Republic, separated from my mother for about 12 years. She did so much to get me me here into this country and so I was like, okay, I need to do something about it. Uh, I can't take her efforts for granted, and so here I am. And yeah, so hopefully with the questions that you're gonna ask me, <laughs> is everything <laughs> is <this> gonna unfold.
1: <laughs> Matter of fact, I didn't even know that one that you were from the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and then two that your mom is what got you here. So from what we know about Mother Ruth, a little bit, it now it starts to make sense because yes, she was also an immigrant. Yes. Not only that, women who. Who just do the doggone thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean who, who have purpose and then they actually like follow through with whatever their dreams are and her dreams are flowing inside of you so it just it just kind of all goes in a circle
0: yeah so i feel like it, you know whatever it is that she did she passed it on to me i'm just trying to not only make her proud but just give her a reason to not feel like everything that she did was in vain and you know she was uh she was an immigrant who came to america doing a whole bunch of housekeeping and that's all she knows to this day and with that i don't be kid you not with the little money that has my mother has made she has brought other people into the country giving them opportunities she has created homes build homes and put families in the in in those homes i'm just looking at my mom and i'm like okay mom Thank you, but <laughs> I gotta, I, 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 gotta, I gotta step it up too. Yeah. And so with that, I'm just inspired. I wake up every day, um, trying to do just a little bit more, um, so that I can be just almost as good as her. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the Work and Play podcast, we talk specifically about
1: transitions, mm-hmm. right? And your transition was leaving corporate America, and now you've started your boutique, and it's such a success, right? Mm-hmm. So getting into your story a little bit. When mom brought you over here, right? Yeah. And uh, she's like, the, the, clearly the world becomes yours. What was like? What was it like growing up? Was was it more like, hey, survival more, mode, or was it like, hey, thinking about what you want to do in life? How was she cultivating? Like, do you remember? If you recall. How was she cultivating you up?
0: Man, to be honest, I think my mom just did the best that she and the best <laughs> that she could was bring me into this. So I had to navigate a lot of them. First, I needed to learn the language. I didn't even know how to speak it, and so I was just dropping to this private school. And my mom was like, "I'm gonna work really hard so that you don't have to clean toilets for anybody." And, but as much as she knew was like work really hard, but she didn't know how to pour it into me, so I had to navigate a lot of things. But as a kid, I was just so grateful that I was taken away, taking. Away from the poverty that I was living, I was living in a f- one single family home. It's one bedroom, and it was five of us, and it was five of us in one bedroom, I was sharing a bed with two other boys. And I'm just, I was just grateful to be out of there, and I was grateful to come to America where I have a flushing toilet. So just kind of the little basics uh, as a child, that's what I was focusing and being grateful for. Not so much for what she can pour into me, because she poor thing, she just didn't know what else. To get me than mm-hmm. just the shelter and the opportunity to be in school, yeah. so I just had to navigate a lot of things on my own, which I'm grateful for because it made me who I am.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of us are, um, you know, from dif- different backgrounds, we, we raise ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be immersed into a, a private school community, mm-hmm. um, was it a bit of a shell shock? What was the yes. What were the
0: students like there? Oh my goodness, it was it was very prejudiced because I was from another country, so. Um, they didn't take that well, but it was a normal thing. Like, I didn't even realize that I was being spoken against. I thought that I really didn't belong. I came into their country. So I just need to humble myself, make sure that I don't get in myself in trouble. Cause I wasn't even documented. She brought me to America, but she, I wasn't even documented. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I had to come in just being okay with whatever Where I was doing.
1: Did you know what documented meant at the time though? Or was it like something like, hey, don't go
0: in there, start in trouble because that's how you deal. yeah. Just stay quiet. Mm. Don't do anything that will cause any attention. And uh, and with that, somebody would tell me like they used to make up songs like them Santos Santos is woman from Santo Domingo that would come to the island to take other people. Okay. Um, so we were really spoken very low. These are the kids in public school who was there Yeah, in I'm private school, in the Virgin Islands. It was oh, really sad. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. so we're still in
1: the Virgin Islands. Oh, we're still in the Virgin
0: Islands, I'm sorry, yes. And you are in the home. You said five people, you characterize it. Well, I was in Dominican Republic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, separated from my mom for 12 years. My mom brought me to the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was put into private school. Understood, and mom went back to Dominican Republic? Nah, she was with me in the Virgin Islands. At 12 years old that's where i that's where we came first came
1: oh my goodness i'm trying to piece this story together so
0: okay. how were you separated with your mom because she was an immigrant so she migrated first okay so she brought you heart. to a virgin okay so yes yeah, so she left you
1: there for 12 years mm-hmm. and you were living until 12 years old mm-hmm. and then you moved to the virgin islands mm-hmm. and then you went to private school mm-hmm. so you're 12 you're at the you're at the age where we're starting to like come into ourselves exactly. our identity is being shaped and now i understand like being in a private school that has to be a shell shock and they're giving they're taunting you from like a, a historical perspective because they, you know, you guys are going back and forth from a cultural perspective. Exactly. Wow. You got it, girl. That is so crazy. So, how would you say? Um, well, how long were you at the the private school from 12 to
0: what? Um, I was in private school up until high school. Okay. Up it. until high school. It was it was good in a lot of ways because it challenged me to take my education seriously. So by the time I got to high school, I was with a peep, with everybody who was like, who had different ideas. I think that's when I I could have put myself with the Spanish people, cause they had, you know, there was a group that looked like me in, pre- in public school. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to them, I was already on another. And that's why I understood my mom's sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you say you're on another level in you know, education yeah important. like I wanted different things I was in the marching band. like I wanted to in the marching band. I wanted I wanted to I'm trying to find the really good word without making anybody feel like um like pub, public school is not a thing but I was exposed to a higher level of education mm-hmm. by the time I got to high school and by the time I got in high school I was just dedicated do more than what I saw yes. you know mm-hmm. a lower quality of education Absolutely,
1: and that's what happens with a lot of us who aren't necessarily, like you said, exposure, that Mm -hmm. sets us apart from a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think that actually is the important piece because exposure is what gives us the edge. And it's not for us to be like, hey, I'm better than you, It's to say, like, when we get from a place of surviving and thriving, and then we're exposed to all these, like, um, extracurriculars of life, Mm -hmm. right, we get to truly explore who we are. So at, at this stage in your life, you're exploring marching band. What other kind of things are you enjoying at the time?
0: Um, that I really cared about, just just marching Um, But what I really understood about, what I didn't even like about that season in my life when I was in private school is that there was no place for me to, because I didn't belong anywhere, I was completely uncomfortable. I didn't have anybody to speak Spanish with. So it forced me to not learn the language but really get comfortable in the language because i had no choice mm-hmm. and that allowed me to grow in the person that i need because if i would have just stayed with the spanish peeps and i wouldn't have want out of there yeah. and i wouldn't have won i didn't even i wouldn't even taste what better looks like yeah I'm, it's, I'm thinking about your your school
1: experience and mm-hmm. the fact that you didn't get a chance to hang out with the Spanish people. Where you, that would have been your comfort zone, actually. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of pushed into this place of kind of discomfort, right? Yeah. When you think back at it, was there someone, a friend, one friend, was it your mom? Who was that person who made it just a little bit better for you in your, in your high school years?
0: In my high school years, but not private school, right? If you got someone in, in private school, mm, yeah, so high school years. <laughs> I think it was my music teacher. She gave me like solos and challenged and made me believe and believe that I could do. Um, because in, 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 in private school, I as far as music goes, I was getting away with faking it. Like, I don't know if you ever been, if you ever heard, my, uh, you know, students in marching lines of music. When we play the flute, I can, play, I can pretend that I'm playing, I'm not playing, but with this musical teacher, she really pushed me past my comfort zone. And it, 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 it's almost like she threatened me through my success. She wasn't nice about it either. She's
1: mm, like, you, need, you know you need
0: to do more. Oh my goodness. Again. <laughs> and I needed her because my mom was really busy. She didn't know that this was important to me. Sometimes she wouldn't even show up to my concerts, but the way that this teacher showed up for me to this day. So the things that my mom couldn't do, she just couldn't. There were people that got that were able to supplement. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, what did you like, learn about yourself by being like pushed past your comfort zone? Like you could have been coasting if you wanted to, and then you would be pushed in a way, yeah. and then you'll find out what was that failing
0: is not such a bad thing. Like falling into yours is not the worst thing that can happen to me. Um, I didn't know that I could sit in the midst of hundreds of people and play the flute like I know what's like. Like I know what I'm doing. Um, and so I, I just didn't know that failure was actually a recipient of growth. And you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I'm taught, is like, I, I don't want to fail, I don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. How else am I going to learn? How else am I going to measure my success success if I don't fail, so.
1: You said failure is a recipient to success, child. That's a strong right there. Can you give us a story of like what it looked like to fail that time?
0: In that time, in that time when I
1: was younger. Because I feel like when, um, as adults, mm-hmm. especially in entrepreneurship, we're afraid of failing and rightfully so some of our failures can be, like catastrophic um, for some of us who leave corporate america our failures can take us back to corporate america but i think failing early mm-hmm. when you, if you since you got that at such a young age it's like what are those failures because at the time they feel so big mm-hmm. at the time it's like my life is over
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and i think i can resonate with some of like the early failures that i've had for you to learn to be pushed past your challenges right and into your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and to embrace
0: failure I'm just curious what did failure look like (sighs) failure for me at the time I navigated that was it had a lot to do with my mother um just because I felt like what she did was such a big deal like I living in Dominican Republic a lot of us don't are not able to come out of there. so her ability to give me this opportunity it was a lot of pressure and For some reason, once I got to the Virgin Islands and I was in one with my mother, I felt like I failed her as being being her. Like I didn't, I felt like I was a constant disappointment. And it was very hard for her to tell me, like, I'm proud of you. And so I had to consistently convince myself that she loved me and she was proud of me, but she just didn't know better. And I think that really helped me in who I am today. Mm -hmm. My mom did a lot like helping me come to America, but it was a lot of things that were lacking. Not because she wasn't a good parent, it's just that she and you know, after being separated from your child for twelve years and then you have a human, a whole grown human, you don't know what to do, you're doing the best that you can. But with that it really affected me a lot because I didn't think that what I was doing was enough i think you know somebody who is in a thorough country they want their daughter to a housewife where they want grandkids and i'm my mom only child to this day i have not given my mother a child so i am consistently being reminded that i failed my mother
1: and that would be from that perspective from your when you look at your life, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, and we're only just getting started, mm-hmm. right? Um, your music teacher is the one that you passed your cuz on. Yeah. And then you found a level of success in your life today. But there's so much in between that music teacher and today to say like, well, one, you've obviously pushed yourself past like your own limits mm-hmm. to, uh, to this point. And now how would you um, personify success? How would you like uh, convey how your life has kind of
0: I think it's just making a decision that, I had to learn that from, I had to learn this so early. Cause I feel like I had so many reasons to wild out. I feel like I had a reason to give up on myself, to commit suicide, to just maybe become, find me a sugar daddy and, you know, find the easy way um, to deal with certain things. And somehow I just chose not to do and that was something very powerful because I knew I had the reasons, the just the, the justifications. I could have said like I didn't have a good child, but my father wasn't there. For me, my mom wasn't like she she wasn't like other mothers that I saw, okay. that I compared my 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 to to other friends that I had. Like I saw other people, mothers being present in their concerts, and that wasn't the case. Um, but I had to make a choice that this is my life, and. I get to answer for my life and i am the narrator of my life yeah. and so i'm not going to continue this legacy is to gonna- man when you think of your
1: early life right mm-hmm. the days that you were working toward corporate mm-hmm. what would you say your motivation was to get
0: you in get you in the door the cool thing is my motivation stemmed from me not being my own disappointment It's one thing when you're when other people when you disappoint other people when you disappoint yourself like you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i knew that i knew that i I had something special in me i knew that god was going to carry me through a lot of places and that was just enough to be honest my first job was as a insurance uh claims representative and i was then promoted to a claim suggester, and I got through so many levels without even going to school. Really? Like I, I, climbed up the corporate ladder without even having a degree. Did you ever go back and get one? Uh yeah, I'm still. I have one semester. I have like two more credits. <laughs> <laughs> I took the semester off actually, but I have two more credits before I graduate. State Georgia State. What's your major? Uh, business.
1: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you climbed the corporate ladder without even having a degree. Tell me, how did you do it? There's so many variables navigating the corporate world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I am what I'm, I'm going to assume is like you've already kind of learned how to be submersive to private school, learn how to navigate a certain mm-hmm. culture. So would you say that that's kind of some of the stuff that helped you do that?
0: Yeah. I think going through through all of the trauma that I went through, and surviving that, Mm. and understanding that there's always going to be little elements in that environment that's going to help elevate me, I was just looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Mm. Um, And not making excuses for myself. And although I I wasn't quote-unquote qualified, right? I just knew that I would go in there and I would be personable, and that would carry me a lot. And it, and it has. How did you find the opportunity? I don't even. The, the crazy thing, um, I came to Atlanta and I was in love with this guy from back home. And as soon as I got here, we broke up. And he was my only link to what I thought was going to be a good life here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so we broke up and now, okay, what are you going to do? After I cried for like two weeks straight, I just went on Craigslist and start looking for jobs, bilingual jobs. And I found my first job at an insurance company. Wow. And they took me in. I was shook. I was so shook. Um, and that was a big something because I think it's stayed in for like. Mm-hmm. When you look back at it, what do you think it was that set you apart
1: that was like, we gotta have her? Now that you know, in virtual space?
0: Uh I think it was my passion and my presence i came in i smiled i told them how why i was why i needed this opportunity and i make them want me just as much as i wanted um i think anywhere that you go you come in and, um you introduce a certain type of energy to that room you are going to take over them it yes. doesn't matter if you're not qualified so listen if i if there's one thing that i have learned
1: there are times well, when I feel like, my, when it comes to my story, mm-hmm. my personality, the energy what got me in the door, child. <laughs> and what's interesting is some people will say like, what they liked about when I got in the job wasn't, they wanted to change me when I got in the job. And you stayed for six years. Mm-hmm. So like, what was it? So at the time, right, mm-hmm. your, your, your idea of success, mm-hmm. did you, had you reached the pinnacle? Were you like, okay, I'm here, I made it. Or did you have like motivations to like get to become CEO or something? Extremely passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship so I had to share the one thing the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur and that's the morning meetup I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm I'm leaving corporate America so I'm used to those morning huddles we got ourselves we know what our goals are and we get our day started so I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup now the second thing that I really really benefited from was the revenue revenue generating activity was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now I had my LLC, I had my website, I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've that I've created relationships with, everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs so if you want to develop as an entrepreneur you're leaving corporate america and you're trying to figure out how do i get my footing in entrepreneurship then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you you can learn with us you can grow with us and i didn't even mention that we have a book club join us in the community let's get started today you will not regret it no i didn't
0: have any motivation because i'm like there was a there was still a lot of mine walls that i had to break down i felt like i made it because i'm like i'm coming from a thorough country to living with my mother to now being in the states and men i'm making 14 dollars an hour i'm making it. <laughs> i really you thought I 14 14 dollars $14. Gotcha. $14 an hour i was like i i'm making it i'm here <laughs> i've arrived and <laughs> but then you know bills start popping in like I'm like oh shoot wait a minute I'm doing your math. Yeah. But I've always been such a frugal person. Okay. Um, I've always been such a frugal person. So I although I didn't believe I believe that I made it. Um, I think it was, I was saving a lot of money. I think somehow I found ways to save. No, I didn't believe that. Yes, I did believe that I made. It, but I.
1: Thankfully, I had more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you were able to, like, it, what you're saying is you were frugal. You thought you made it. If you were out popping bottles with $14 an hour, then we would have learned a whole different thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but you stayed there for six years. And uh, at what age did you leave?
0: I think I left at the age of 20. I think I was there for, like, seven to eight years. So I became a, um, I was a customer service representative. Then I became a, a claim center, And then I became... I was I became a claims escalation team lead. Mm. Um and I think I was burning myself out. I think I got to a point where I was like, uh, I don't wanna do this anymore. Um but they sensed that. I got fired right before I was closing on my home. Mm. Um which really
1: did you actually close?
0: Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 to stop this
1: yes so (laughs) i already know this next chapter is about to be lit what what did you do work because you close you close in our house you have new responsibilities so now not only is 14 dollars going to be that 14 an hour going to be stretched you don't even have the 14 an hour at this point so what are you going to do
0: i'm gonna find somebody else to give me 14 that's what i thought that's what i thought i went I, you know, I had to find a job quick because I needed to close. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I needed like, it to close. Yeah. So I found a job at a law firm. Got it. And that's why I became a case manager. And I was willing to give me a lot more than fifteen dollars I think at that point, I was feeling myself. I was mm-hmm. like, I was negotiating, girl. I was negotiating my <laughs> <rate>. <laughs> Tell me. What was it like to negotiate your salary? I got girl, it. Girl, I'm like, I'm Spanish. I'm mm-hmm. bilingual. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you need to be, girl, they're going to give me $1 more. I was so mad. So you settled on one dollar more no I, it was i think it was like maybe 19. they
1: I got a little offer in 19 so i think they get one got it so i remember the first time i um negotiated my salary mm-hmm. girl, i was so nervous i had done my research mm-hmm. i was on the phone um and with my soon-to-be boss and the hr manager and she's like so i i understand your counter offer like can you help me understand how you got to that number and it was on so what was it like for you? I need mean, you guys to like,
0: What was it like to negotiate that dollar? Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. really nervous. I was really nervous. Um, but I felt like I was worth more than what they were giving me. Um, I don't know. I think within my transition of climbing the ladder in my previous job, I was, I met people around me that were telling me like, yo, you're Spanish, you're supposed to be. I think that's why I kind of created a community of friends and my, like advising me, like if I need so much money, I didn't even know. It. Um, so by the time I got to them, I was able to negotiate it, but I also did research and um, I, I although it wasn't a lot that I was able to bring it up by, but I was content because it was the most I've ever made. It's, yes. It's like it's like the adrenaline
1: rush of being like mm-hmm. to ask for what you're worth, and then to get it. Even if it's not like okay, we didn't get the we didn't rob the bank, mm-hmm. we still got the gold. We still got the gold. Girl, I think that's amazing. I can't for, I can't miss the fact that when you were in private school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there were the Spanish kids, and you could you wish you had found your niche there, but you found your own way. And I think the marching band and your teacher is what kind of saved you. Yeah. But when you mentioned the power of your friends saying, "Hey, the value of your your um your bilingual skill set can get you more money," how did you develop this this new community of friends? How would you even um communicate your new community of friends? Like, did you hang out on the weekends, or was this like building friends along the way when you got to it? Um, that's
0: such a good question, and. And, and I love this because it just shows the importance of like, choosing. goal. And making sure that everybody is not on your list. Making sure that there are friends that you have that you can just hang out with, but there are friends that will hold you accountable mm-hmm. and just inspire you to do. Yeah. And that's why I'm thankful I found those people. But essentially, um, told you that broke up that breakup that I told you about. Yeah. Um, I had no choice, look at my friend. <laughs> Go out there. I'm like, everybody look at me. <laughs> I need a friend, everybody. Um, But I was, um, I got into this church. Okay. And with the church, I was able to um, find a community of friends because that helped me transition a lot. It's very easy to feel alone here in the States. You know, you come from a very niche island of 32 square miles, and then now you're here, you're a small fish in a pond. So I was grateful to find that community.
1: You mm-hmm. know, you said you were like, Hey, I need friends. Were you joking? Or did you, did you, I was not serious. strategic? You were intentional about yeah. building a community. And so church is the first place you found that. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. Now, was it the faith that kept you guys connected? Or was it something else that you would say is what made you guys your, your friend group? Your friend? It was the faith,
0: but it was like, um, it was as far as religion where i came from it was more so you have to look like a christian you have to talk like one you have to greet like hey how are you oh glory to god almighty god of all you know it was just too much so coming into a church or a community of individuals that had the same goal we love god we love jesus that's it you know what i mean that was and they looked like me they had tattoos and they dressed really nice and i'm like okay i feel comfortable here and it wasn't just people that were overly religious that thought that they were better than other people it were people that that we fell short every single day and they were okay with saying like i am not perfect i fall short all the time but God is still and um i, I today say every time i feel alone because it's very it is very easy to be known and i know a lot of people and still feel alone um but it's also important to go right back to the base and that's what i had to do this week i was wary I went right back to six mm-hmm. and that's where i found I found a little community a small little community and and um i feel good mm-hmm. so i feel good today
1: i love it i feel good <laughs> so are you this is a side note mm-hmm. would you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert
0: I'm an extra.
1: Yeah. You think so? You see it? It's just the way, yeah, the way you communicate, uh, getting energy. Not even, you didn't say the word getting energy, mm-hmm. but just when you have a bad day, right? Or when you feel like you're getting a little weary, you know you got to go get connected. Like, I got to go get connected. And that's that's
0: really good self-awareness for you to know about yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, I've been in some <clears throat> low lows. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to remain in this sunken place or am I going to try to see it? There's some someone, not just anyone, because not every, anyone has the privilege of being a part of your vulnerable moments. It's someone that won't pacify you or won't be like, oh, but someone to be like, hey, you need to get up and show up for yourself. Yes. I have those people. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most instrumental important tools of being an entrepreneur because sometimes we get it. Yes. And we got to know who to phone. Mm-hmm. We can't do this like that. I can't.
1: And and the word tired, for entrepreneurs,
0: it doesn't mean
1: like sometimes you call a friend and and I think you're right because mm-hmm. there are times when you call a friend and you're like oh I'm tired and they like take a couple days to yourself and you're like no and no 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 no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I can't <call you> concentrate <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to realize oh are you abort mission because that is not mm-hmm. what you needed in this time mm-hmm. um, but what you mentioned what I would love for us to talk about a little bit more and you can help me understand mm-hmm. what do you mean by like Having having um, so many people around you, but then also feeling um, like you can be alone, or even being to a certain status. What does that feel like to some? Be alone, even though you like so much notoriety. I just, it's not being.
0: It's social media. I hate. I I love social media, but I hate social media because it gives this false invitation that people are okay. So it's like there are people that see me, but they don't, and. There've been many times where even from friends to family members they will be like, Well, you look so happy on social media. Like I saw you on social media and you just look like everything is going. Well. And what they don't know that on that day, three hours ago, I completely broke down and I had to phone a friend who tell me, remind me, and to show for myself. Um so there are people that see me and even where I try to mask it, they will still know that I'm not. And that is super important because I think we so hard to give this, you know, to keep up or to give this appearance or this illusion. And Sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just like, you know, we are a brand and we have to be strong and we have to show up and we have to have this, this boss as vibe for the entire 24-7 even though we can't and so when i cannot i'm exactly what i'm grateful i think that's amazing
1: Mm -hmm. and i think that's all I said, awesome self-awareness um so we're getting kind of into your church life and um i'm starting to sense the development of like (laughs) modern roots coming in here now Mm -hmm. you're still in corporate right Mm -hmm. um how long have you been in
0: the law firm now i've been at the law firm (laughs) for like two years i was at the law firm for about two years and I, I had this, this this thing about modern Ruth and, I, and I, wanted, I wanted so much of her. I don't know if you guys know who Ruth is, but Ruth is... Um, she was a character from the Bible who dismissed the idea of wanting to desperately marry so she could pursue God um, and serve and just figure out who she is in herself and who she is in God, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, she found herself a good man. <laughs> but that was not the first agenda. And I I and the crazy thing is that there was there's so many stories about Ruth, but there's but I was given the opportunity to dig into who she is. And I think that's was that she was my influencer. And she inspired me. That is so cool. So tell me,
1: I the when I learned about Ruth. I only learned one thing and mm-hmm. it was that one, I think it probably is maybe two or three verses in the Bible where mm-hmm. she went to Boaz and she um, met at it. she laid at his, which has its own interpretations, mm-hmm. right? But because you got a chance, you got the opportunity to dive deeper. Mm-hmm. One, I'm curious, when was this opportunity when you got to like dive deeper? And then what? how did her story speak
0: to Um, All good questions. I think it was in my, continue a single season. Um, I think for one, I pick up on a lot of the things that I'm surrounded by. Just like I tell you, I have a community of friends, but just like I need them, they need me, right? And there was something about me that I noticed at the time where I was, before I got to know who, it was that I enjoyed my single life a little bit more than my friends. Um, A lot of them wanted to be married and I did, but I was like, but there's so much out here, guys. <laughs> there's so much out here. And so I wanted so much for God to show me someone that was really enjoying their best life as a single woman and someone who did not see singleness as some type of disease. And God showed me about Ruth. And the thing is, the part that you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is, which is, it was the part that I knew. But God showed me that so much before that. There's, there was a plethora of layers of who she was before she even got to the... I mean, to even, I don't even want to get so deep into it, but... Go deep, yeah. I love going deep. <laughs> but <laughs> Ruth came from a foreign country where it's like, there were a lot of harlots and there were a lot of women that were promiscuous and did a lot of things. And she challenged herself to go to one of the most religious, unaccepting, I'm better than you type land. And she knew that the things that she had to do to be accepted was going to be more than what she ever knew in her life. That's a that's a huge challenge in it all. Mm-hmm. To be to say to to say that I'm going to um I wanna I want to make sure this is not one. Hello? Mm-hmm. You can't get in in the lock code? okay oh. cannot. Okay. Bear with me one sec. I'm okay. so sorry about that. Let me see. That's okay. So the code that you have is 0189. Oh, you know what I did, Natasya? Without... Yep. Uh, I changed it to 1552, the last four digits of your telephone number. Can you try okay, that? Thank you. It worked? Oh, wait, wait, no. It got a blue check mark, but let's it. got a blue check mark? Because if it does, that, that would mean it opened. Okay. She said the blue check mark means it opened. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm sorry about that. No worries. All right. Enjoy your stay. You too. Bye
1: No worries. We definitely have to talk about yeah, the other streams of income. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so you were talking about the importance of, um, people, know, or the fact that Ruth decided to put herself into the most, like, spiritual, faith-based, probably would have been judged community
0: when yeah. she came from a land of type women. Yeah, she had to say no to a lot of things. She had to be okay with being transformed. That's a huge deal. And that doesn't mean that she's going to be perfect. So whether she made some different decisions, right, um, she definitely did a lot than most of the people in her country did and that's, how, that, that's that's something that speaks big for itself that's something to look up to, that's someone to look up to um, I don't always think that, I don't always have it all together but the fact that I had decision to do something that makes me uncomfortable that's huge and so outside of that Ruth was like, well, Naomi she was going with Naomi Naomi is her mother-in-law
1: Mother-in-law.
0: Um, yeah. She was her mother-in-law because my, Naomi, Ruth was married to Naomi's son. Okay. In Moab. Okay. Ruth was married to Naomi's son. Naomi's son died. And so Naomi was like, well, I was in Moab because of my sons and my husband. And they all died. I have nothing to do. So I'm going to go back to my land. Mm-hmm. And my land is very strict, Ruth. So you don't want any of this. And her sister was also along with Ruth, right? Okay. So her sister caught on and her sister was like, okay, bye, I need to go get married somewhere. Okay. Ruth was like, I don't care if I don't get married. I don't care if your people don't like me. I'm going to come with you. Wow. And that's where the scripture is like, your will be my people, your God will be God. That's where that came from. So she
1: actually left. She said, your God will be my God. So she's trans, she's um, surrendering
0: herself to the process. That is a beautiful thing challenging until, and so yes. she gets to i don't even know the name of the country, she, get the country yeah. she gets to decatur <laughs> she gets to decatur and now she out here working yeah. Sis is working for naomi who is an older woman she's working for her mother-in-law like i'm not even gonna do all that like you know what i mean i'm gonna bother so i'm gonna do what i gotta do for myself but she was working her mother-in-law to make sure that her mother-in-law was old. Mm-hmm. Her mother-in-law who had nothing to give her, not even a husband. And so, with that, um, she came across Boaz. Boaz is the man that she owned on his feet. Yes. <laughs> this man had it going on, this man had land for days, he was rich, he had a lot going on. But she wasn't even on that note. She was more like, yo, all I want is some, some, some corn. And he didn't, she didn't even, she didn't even slide on him, she wasn't doing anything, she didn't sign into his DM, it was more so, I came here to work, and he was like, just throwing a little bit more for this woman here, he just keeps throwing it, so he came onto her first, y'all don't even know, he came onto her first, and she noticed, and then she went to Naomi, and she was like, Naomi, like, boys, just give me all of this for us, and we got a lot of food now, and Naomi was like, mm, I got an idea, this is your how about you propose oh just kind of give him a little hint of some some because maybe you don't know that i know that y'all can do a little thing so that's when she quote unquote proposed that hey i'm single we can be mad Mm -hmm. and um buzz of course said yes but guess what he had to like her back he had he had to he was single for a very long time and so I think that's where the importance, are you the person that the person is looking for, is looking for? Because although um, Boaz had all these attributes, Mm -hmm. so did Ruth. Are you
1: the person you're looking for? Are you the person that the person is looking for? Is looking for, right. Are you that person's person? I know that I am. Because, are you? Listen, I'm on my way, child. Wherever he's at, we on the same little pinnacle. We're literally gonna be at the same point. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But Ruth was becoming that person. Yeah.
1: What's interesting about um Ruth's story, which we none of us know in the Bible, is once she started out mentoring mm-hmm. from her from her mother in law. Mm-hmm. And um I think mentorship is extremely important in this. Especially for us women who are kind of making a way for ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, we're doing things that we've never done before. Yeah. Ruth is no longer married, um, Naomi no longer to
0: offer. Right, right. How would you say mentorship played a role in your in your life? It was everything to me. Um, I didn't have mentorship in my mom, but again, like I said, she did the best they could, but I was to find that wisdom in other women if they were able to bury or not. Um, it was so important to just have that elder to help me navigate through the roads of difference, to tell me, no, these boys, no, it's not good for you. Or, you know what I mean? Or yeah, you can actually do. And that was very important to the
1: road to entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And now that we're at the fork in the road, we're learning about Ruth, right? And you're two years into the law firm. Mm-hmm. What's going on in your spirit at the time? Are you really
0: good in corporate? But you, had you started Modern Ruth already? I had started Modern Ruth, but I wasn't taking it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I would like do something for like three months and I just stop. I would just completely stop and start and stop and stop. And it wasn't. Until I saw my friend transition Um, She had cancer at the time and I was very 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 close to her very very close and until I saw her in hot and I saw her transition If it was the other way around and I would be Could I be constantly saying that I had everything that I wanted to do and that did something to me Mm -hmm. When was this that was December of 2000
1: yeah, it's really interesting how like when we're, and when we're just comfortable and sometimes it's not even different, but I know I speak to that journey. Mm-hmm. We get, even if the word is not complacent, we forget how mortal we are. Mm-hmm. And it's like when we're faced with seeing one of our loved ones, their journey, that's when our journey begins. Mm-hmm. It's like that's when we like gotta get it together.
0: Yeah, because we're, we're, we're surrounded by complacent. Everybody around me was very much okay. Everybody around me complaining about the same thing worrying about the same thing and doing absolutely nothing about it So much so that I remember being really close with my HR (laughs) With my HR, we were so close and she would be like Giselle what's going on with this person like I was like to be honest. I'm not doing what I'm doing. I don't belong here. You don't get what you get what you pay for (laughs) it I, that was me being completely honest. Yeah. I think I got, I got to a point where I was just so bold. I was so okay with what my next step was going to be and I knew it wasn't going to be. And that was my reality. And the thing is, I was scared. I was scared up to the last day. Mm-hmm. To do my own thing, that was so scary. When did the seed start to be planted for you where you're like, okay,
1: I'm going to do my thing. Because it sounds like there was an evolution of, mm-hmm. you know, watching your friend transition. And mm-hmm. peace goes out to her heart and her family. Um, but watching her transition. Watching mm-hmm. something to you. Yeah. When did the seed of like, I'm going to do what I want to do hit? Because sometimes we, our spirit is going through. It's, it's it, it really is.
0: Because <laughs> when it came to her. <clears throat> okay. So the start of the stop was... I was starting and stopping so that was there was an inconsistency that I had to kind of work through before I jump off the boat because you just can't jump off the boat right Mm -hmm. the inconsistency inconsistency stopped when she passed now me assuring that I can take care of myself Mm -hmm. um and completely jump off the boat was literally when (laughs) um was just a little bit before covid like few months before COVID. So it was a revolution. It was it, it was a plethora of things, but those two things was it for me. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you said,
1: um, I'm going to set a plan to leave? And if there wasn't, was it just like, how did you evolve to a place where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to quit on this day. Did you? How did you get from consistency, right? We developed mm-hmm. that foundation. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when did you ever decide I'm going to quit my job or was it just like...
0: That's that's a very good question. I told myself that I was going to quit on September Mm -hmm. of 2019 because that was months before. I told myself that I was going to quit in September of 2019. And what had happened was in (laughs) September, I got this opportunity to make more money at another law firm. And I took it and I spent two weeks there. And I was like, this is not what you said to me.
1: The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you wanna build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: You didn't say he was going to go from one job to another. You said he was going to go from one job to Modern Roots. What are you here? What are you doing? And I quit again. And that was it. I've been out since. What? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It. okay. Mm. <laughs> I
1: totally
0: resonate with getting that
1: next job. I just made a post, actually, about, like, when we know we're going to leave, but then there's something that happens. It, it, try, it just makes us feel like, oh, this is... I'll take the promotion. Right, right. I'll take this right here. Right. It kind of derails us. But you were like, hold on. Two weeks in. Spidey senses. We're not going to do this. Scared. I was so scared. Two weeks in? I know you were saying it like, one, who quits two weeks in? Yeah. Did you feel like you were burning bridges?
0: No, because I wasn't attached. I wasn't there long enough to. Hmm. I was there long enough to. What are you doing? To question myself and what I said that I was going to do. I said that I was going to leave in September. Why am I here? That was, that's all the time that I need in
1: two weeks. Girl. I understand it though. I understand. Girl. <laughs> did you take uh, like a 401k from your last job? Um, did you get a chance to get any of those benefits from your last job before you took the, um, the
0: new one? I had I had things in place, I did. Um, no, I didn't have the 401k because I had to clean that out to buy my house. Did you now? Yes, I did. So I had no money left, but I started studying about what I can do. So I was like, okay, G, Modern Ruth is a huge business. It's an online boutique, but it takes a lot of money to move where from Facebook ads to marketing to purchasing merchandise. And when you're doing an online boutique, you have to have Clothing continuously coming, new arrivals, new arrivals, new arrivals. So every money that I was making with Modern Ruth, it was going right back to Modern Ruth. So it was like a cycle. I, I couldn't make, I, I couldn't say I'm going to live off of her, right? Yes. So that's when I started creating other streams of ink. That's where Airbnb started. That's where peer space is. So I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a space inside my home to house other people. That's where I rent. I rent started renting my guest room. I'd start doing Airbnb that way, um, and then I was like, "Wait, I can do a little bit more." I decorated my space in a way that was undeniably, undeniably beautiful for content creators, and I started making money out of peer space. That's what peer. So peer space is a content creation studio, so to speak. Exactly, you can Ooh. use your home for that. And uh, then on side, I would do Turo. I would do babysitting. I was nannying in this beautiful. Um, uh special need kid i i had so much beautiful experiences that led me to my point of success but i had to do a lot of dirty jobs and i was okay with it i was okay with it because i didn't have no money
1: it's funny that you say that because when i hear your story i think how cool was it that you got to do all these different things and explore different sides of you Mm -hmm. but i remember we're doing these different things so that we can develop multiple strings of income because we liquidated our 401k. We did. I got you. But I have to say, what which job would you say of all of the things, mm-hmm. nannying, um, creative space, or mm-hmm. peer space? Yeah, peer space. Ah, oh, glad I got it. Airbnb, all of the things that you've tried, right, mm-hmm. outside of modern root, because that sounds like the core of your legacy, it right? It is. That's my life, that's my heartbeat. Oh, what did you learn about yourself with those other side jobs?
0: I learned some pros, some good some good things, and some not so good things. The good thing is that I have a heart to serve. And as long as I have a heart to serve, I don't have to know everything. And I I I I, I love people. That's how much I love people until I start seeing like commentaries. People that were like, oh my goodness, I love Giselle in her home. I love how she took care of me. I love how she went the extra mile. People just love me. One of my Airbnb guests stayed with me for a year. Another one stayed with me for like six, and she's still my friend. And I'm super host on Airbnb. I'm, pure, I'm pure. And to become a super host, you have to provide customers. So I realized that that was my time, right. Um, but the cons is is that I needed to understand that although I can do everything, I shouldn't do everything. I need to be. Because if I if I do a whole bunch of stuff, I'm going to wear myself thin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what I'm learning around. Like, I don't have to do anything because I, I want to enjoy this or continue to enjoy this experience of yes. mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've gotten to a place where you can say that financially? You left
1: in 2019. Mm-hmm. You had all of 2020 um, mm-hmm. to kind of explore. Um, do you feel like you've got to a place where now you're pretty much doing Airbnb and stuff because you want to? Or is there still a revenue because you didn't? And I'm not, this is not shade, but because you liquidated your 401k, is there still a need for the other streams of income so that you can kind of plan your retirement in? Entre- I know there's a bunch of questions all them. So specifically, <laughs> what was the question? So the question that I'm really curious about, mm-hmm. do you feel like you've gotten to a place where you can now live financially secure as ever with or without the side streams of income? Mm, yes, I um, know. Yes, I know,
0: because I feel like I feel like I understand now that I I operate better with multiple streams of income because when something's slowing down, something's still working. So I realize more that this is working. Mm -hmm. Um, I realize as well that there's a difference between multiple streams of income and passive. So I want passive where I don't have to work so hard and then moderate with this where I work hard. Got it. So I, I want it because guess what? You can never have too much, right? Um, secondly, I don't only want to work to maintain myself. I want to work so I can get back, so I can, mm, so that my mom kind of eventually don't have to work again. So I'm not there yet. I can take care of myself. I can take care of my bills with the money that I'm in right now, but I'm, I haven't arrived because my mom is still working. Yes. So that's my Absolutely, understand now, mm-hmm. I understand, okay. So,
1: Mamaya, I'm curious about two things. Mm-hmm. And so let's see if I can remember to go back. Okay. Um, but right now, I'm curious in Modern Ruth. Talk I love you. Modern Ruth. I love the clothes. I'm wearing her as you <laughs> see. She's so cute. Thank you. So tell us, how. what's the inspiration behind the fashion that goes into Modern Ruth? Um, we know the mission behind mm-hmm. Modern Ruth. OK. Like, we're starting to understand her as a modern lady. And mm-hmm. we can even see ourselves in you as Modern Ruth, right? So what is like the inspiration by the clothing side? <sighs> Such a good question.
0: Um, y'all, I, am, I have had I have had a lot of insecurities about my body and the way that it look in certain clothes, but I also want to feel sexy, right? Um, I've always had a pouch and, and it's hard to get rid of, but what, <laughs> right, it's very hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. But while I'm working on that, I still have the weekends to look good, right? And so I realized that the way that I put clothes together, I feel confident and I see and I show up differently when I feel my best and when I look my best. And with that, I just wanted to share that with the world that you don't have to look like them you don't have to spend $20,000 on a body so that you can feel confident. You can just put all the right clothes together. And these pieces are going to create this this style that you never thought and You feel just as sexy as the next person that, you know, wearing a two-piece, Facts. you know what I mean?
1: And there's it's the subtleties. It's like the little leg here, the mm-hmm. little shoulder here. Yeah. I'm like, oh. This is so me. It doesn't have to be super like tight fitting, mm-hmm. and it's it's comfortable, but it's sexy.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you? Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh man, I wear it everywhere. I wear my own clothes everywhere, and when I do every single time, kid you not, people are like, "Oh my goodness, I love this outfit." Where did you get it from? And that, that, <laughs> it always does something to me. <laughs> they are like, Mother oh, Ruth, <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it." Did you,
1: were you like, so then in, in this entire journey, we don't talk about fashion at all, right? Mm-hmm. So like, is Modern Ruth a passion for the fashion side of things? What does Modern Ruth feed inside of you? Cause we don't talk a lot about like creativity. We didn't talk about the fashion of it all.
0: Like where does the inspiration in that regard come from? Um, it comes from two things, Um, a lifestyle. Like again, feeling good as a single person. Um, feeling your best self and not feeling that being single is bad. Um, one of the my first hoodies, a Madam Ruth was, "Single until God says otherwise." So stop asking me why I'm not married. Mm. Um, but just really enjoying that season. I'm looking our best um, because there, like you know, a lot of people, especially a lot of us young women, especially in the Christian community, we either I come from like you know I come from a background where we're dressed very uh you know skirts down here and like we're not really taking care of ourselves but we really want a man that does right and then there's in the other side where where you know where we feel like men just love the women that are like this with their, you know with these two with these pieces and this and that and we feel like we need to look like her but we look like her what is the happy medium looks like like this you know because for example like this is a bustier Mm -hmm. and um this by itself like if you wear these this bustier with like little shorts it's it's probably gonna be a little too much in my eyes you know um just depending on where i am but i'm wearing a bustier to yeah an interview and it look just as classy you really do like the way you have this set up you
1: have on the coat, the bustier, mm-hmm. shorts, and then like white sneaks, super comfy. This is like a Saturday. But if you wanted to put on some heels with the exact same outfit, girl, same situation, bomb interview, right? Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to put on maybe a little take off the, the
0: blazer. With some, you know, some white leg pants, <laughs> ah, killing it. And also, if I wanted to wear some shorts with it too, I would feel cute, like I would do that too. Yes. And Modern Ruth allows you to do all of them.
1: Yes. Girl, I love it. I love the vision. I love everything that your clothes look like. And I love everything that it stands for because what a lot of us don't know mm-hmm. specifically about Ruth, but we portray this in our lives,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of people don't know the various sides of women, right? I didn't know the other side of Ruth. I'll be honest. She, she was brought to me in a sexual way, right? I only knew her in a, a certain way, so I didn't know she was a hardworking woman. I didn't know that she was trying to submit herself to her faith. I didn't know she was open to a transformation, um, and I know she she was open to mentorship from her from her um, not stepmom, her her uh, mother-in-law. Yeah. Right. So you am, you're embodying this this image, right? And you're really promoting this lifestyle mm-hmm. and this the sense of happiness that a lot of us don't have. So when I think about like transformation, I think about like people be touched by what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you get like in, in this season where you're a year into entrepreneurship, a little bit more than a year, mm-hmm. about two years into entrepreneurship, and your clothes speak for themselves, how do you want people to receive modern now? And do you feel like they've received it 100% like, this was the mission?
0: Mm-hmm, that's such a good question. And I think, I think for me, I feel like I have just started to the surface of what I want people to get. But if I would answer what that would look like right now, is that I want to inspire specifically women that you don't have to be qualified. Just like Ruth wasn't qualified, I definitely been qualified um, to make it to where I am today. I feel like that is part of my narrative, and um, that's. That's what I, I'm continuously working towards um feeding the masses, Um, which is, you know, you're, you you don't have to be qualified. I mean, Ruth wasn't, I am not, and there's nothing that can stop us from doing the thing mm-hmm. But you know, the cool thing about it though, mm-hmm.
1: I know what you mean by we're not qualified, but when you think about it, you absolutely are qualified. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: right, you know, <laughs> right, so if I have to wear that it better, it's that, you know, <laughs> what the world think of us so what the world thinks that we don't have no we are ex- we have everything that we need so that we can be able to get what
1: it is that. yes um, and it's already ours like I, I think i i hear that in your story i see it in your mom mm-hmm. right i see it in ruth i see it in you and now i understand like the modern side of it right mm-hmm. so more of us are going to identify with that hard-working woman um one of the things that i'm curious about like when you, when you left your job, right? Mm-hmm. You promised yourself you would leave September t- 2019, but did you know what
0: you were building? I don't. I It's extremely humbling. And um, sometimes just even hearing feedback, I'm reminded that this is, and sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. But I, what I'm building is what makes me, and just I say yes to the story, the immigrant after me. Um and just myself. Um yeah, so I still don't I still still a lot of things that I don't know I'm completely honest. But um I'm excited about it. Absolutely. As you should be. I know As you should be. I think a lot
1: of us Leave um, corporate, and we know that we're destined for. Mm-hmm. We are led by that that feeling, and then if we follow it long enough, you'll see that you really knew, you were right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart goes out to the people. It gets challenging for, mm-hmm. and then they go back, or and I say go back, it's because they they it truly that's not where they wanted to be, right? right? Right, right. So along your journey, I know you've hit some challenges, right? And I know like. Everything is now like smooth sailing as soon as you get in time to print. So like what is one of those challenges that um, you were faced with where you had to like push through instead of time?
0: Um, I think sometimes just not having the support from the people that I'm looking for. Like sometimes like you're looking for support here, but it's coming from here, mm-hmm. but you got to turn around to see it, right? Um, not having the support from my family who, be- who believe that I should continue my corporate job. Like, you have to have this, this secure job. That's how I know that you're going to be. And I'm like, no, mom, this is where I want to go. Um, that's, that was a hard to, um, get through, just kind of having to believe, um, more than I want, that I wanted them to believe in me. That was one. Um, second was <laughs> learning things that I really don't know. Um, like I had to build my own website, you know, I had to be my own photographer. <laughs> now people want me to do their photography. Just learning, do a lot of learning and self-discipline. Waking you know, up every morning at five o'clock in the morning. I will listen to Oprah, yo. And I know if Oprah, if, if I want what Oprah got, I got to wake up like Oprah wakes up. Mm-hmm. And just finding things or finding ways to motivate my husband, very challenging, but it's so filling. Man, to know that I've gotten this far because, not because somebody is telling me but because because I'm enough.
1: We have to find, like we all have to find that internal mission mm-hmm. to do that every single. Like the external validation and the external motivation that mm-hmm. comes from Oprah Child. I listen to Oprah too, right? <laughs> she keeps me going on some days where I'm like, ugh. But that internal motivation, mm-hmm. when you surprise yourself over and over and over like, I can do this, yeah. I can build this, I created this. I think that is, for me, that's one of the um, best things about entrepreneurship. So when I ask you this question, it's like, what would you say? Was the blessing that came from entrepreneurship? And then, is that something you feel everyone can achieve? Or do you feel like it's only for, you know, a select few of us who <laughs> want it that way? I-
0: that's a really good question, especially nowadays, because I think we are in a space where I think in, the, in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of us want to quit our job. Um, I do believe that ev- everyone can attain once they know that they have to work harder than working for corporate. Like, your job does not stop at 5 o'clock. Once you get that realization that you work around the clock, you still have to answer to some. And you have to motivate yourself very, very much because that check is not always going to come and you have to be willing to do a lot of things for free. If you have that type of mindset, the limit is, there's no limit to what you can do as an intro. But if you're coming in and saying like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want to be my own boss and I don't like people telling me what to do and I'm sick of this. This is going to be short-lived. Yes. So it is for everybody, but it just all dependent on your mind. Mm,
1: I'm so glad the way you put it. Actually,
0: um, it's very clear,
1: and it's a it's a very definitive checkbox. Like I talk about exit strategies all the time. We can talk about find getting your finances together. We can talk about developing your client base. We can talk about like even the people who are going to help you support it. But the checkbox. For you to be able to know that you can do it is to set your expectations. Like you are going to be, it's like normalize working on the clock, but know that you'll enjoy. It. We were talking about this before we even started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we work all the time, but we work when we want to.
0: Mm.
1: It's a completely different feeling when you're up at seven o'clock at night on a Saturday and you're not working on like somebody else's like spreadsheet or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're doing something you want to. Do. Yeah. But what you said that really like put a pin in it. Um, If you leave without that mindset, well, you're going to have to develop it when you go, or you can develop it now while you're recording. Yeah. Did you think about, how would you characterize the transition? Like, did you think about, were you working around the clock before you left, and then, like, just went into uh, 40 hours and were working in Modern Root? Or were you, like, kind of um, distributing both, like, your time in both areas, and then when you went to Modern Root, you went full throttle?
0: Um I started just thinking of ways that I would be able to replace the money that I lost Okay. So with that while I was working, almost to the end of my day, I was educating myself about how to enhance my roof, how to make it bigger and better. Um, but also how I continuously feed her or and feed myself and pay for my bills so in that i was learning how to do more marketing while i was at work i was i think that's when my hr started to realize that i stopped working she's like girl you are not working anymore she's like, i was like Cause girl i'm about to make a move but she didn't know mm. but while i was at work i stopped working for them and i started working for myself because i knew that i was gonna be out. And there I thought, okay, I need to learn about more about email marketing. I need to learn about Facebook ads. I need to put in some money and get me someone to teach me the stri- the strategy of how to do Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot of those things. Um and then I set up a little office downstairs. I started buying my little desk, my you know, everything that I needed. Started getting my lightnings together, my mics, my little blue thing. I was I was going, I was obsessed with how this new beginning was kind of started before I Mm,
1: We cannot skip over that. So one of the things that Jim Rohn said that I had to get this from Jim Rohn, mm-hmm. work on yourself harder than you do on the job. Girl, when you said like, I wasn't even, I wasn't doing my job. That's such a radical statement, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm here, y'all gonna pay me you know, as long as I'm here. But you've made a conscious decision. I'm going to spend my time working on my business. And even your HR noticing it didn't shake you. I think for some people, it shakes us. we are like, oh, let me stop working on this. They'll, no. they'll notice. It sounds like that was even part of your exit strategy. She
0: had, she had so much respect for me because of how honest I was. Mm. I was so honest. So much so that she also transitioned into another law firm. And she, calls me, she called me two weeks ago. And she was like... I remember when we was in that office and you told me that you was not working, but there was something about my honesty and my passion that led her to ask me again to come on her team. She was like, I want you to my case. My- mm-hmm. to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> on the next episode, I'm just saying. Ah, <laughs> to be continued. That was, that, that was definitely, I'm not going to lie, that was a test. Mm-hmm. That was really,
1: that was a test. Yes. It was a test. I see. I see that as a test. It was a test. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I know her. It would be. It's. It's like mm-hmm. when we get to this place. It's not about. Mm-hmm. Oh, the job sucks. It's about our mission. Yeah. And you're faced with, okay, should I continue with my mission or do I take the sweet deal? It's a cool situation. I like mm-hmm. her. The, the job is probably not going to be bad. Yeah. You're faced with like two
0: good S- situations, but it's your mission. Yeah. And the thing is that she know what my mission is. Because mm-hmm. she knows my mission is Model Ruth. Mm-hmm. So I was able to have this conversation with her. Do you know what my mission is? And can I continue my mission while I work with Because if I cannot, then that's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think what
1: I would love for people to get from that is just that when you start being honest with yourself, <laughs> we can be honest with other people. Mm-hmm. And the universe literally conspires in the way that just fits. Start speaking your truth. You mentioned um, this that um, when you ask yourself the question, you said it earlier. And um, a lot of times we ask ourselves, and it was a part of your journey. I'm trying to remember specifically. Mm-hmm. But you said, I asked myself the question. And you had to ask yourself, like, what do I really want? A lot of us don't ask ourselves questions, much less answer. Do you have a strategy to journal? Do you have a process? Um, get guided? and is it uh, is it a part of asking your questions constantly, or yeah? That?
0: Um, that's a very good question because our seasons change, and the same things that we wanted like months ago that might not be the same things. So this is a question not only do I have to ask myself, but I have to regularly ask myself. Anything that's changed, that I need to change I view certain things, or the strategy. I want to make sure that my strategy is matching at the moment. Because m- m- the core of modern root doesn't change, but there's certain layers of certain things, even for the better. Um, so I ask myself those questions mostly when I am tapped, when I feel worn out, when I feel like not showing up. And I have to ask myself, why are you not showing up? Or why, what do you really want? What do you really want? Because right now, (laughs) we're in a job, you could whether you gave your best self or not, you were still getting that check. Now you're sitting down and you have to realize that if you're not showing up and if you're not posting, if you're not marketing, if you're not sending those emails, you're not gonna get a check. So what do you really want? And that's very, Difficult conversations that I have to have with myself constantly Sometimes when I don't even feel like advising myself I would listen to a sermon or I will listen to you know, Will Smith or I will listen to some of the you know uh, Best speakers out there. There's one quote that really helps me and I write it everywhere and it's some it says something in the terms of have to be willing to do what people don't want to do today so that i can get what people won't get tomorrow boom yes child oh yes mm-hmm. Les brown well i know less yes! <laughs> sorry i got overly excited yes. <laughs> he was one of those you know to carry me through <laughs> he is back for me yeah absolutely sorry i got excited because that was him yes
1: girl i'm with you so so as we like as we we wrap up your story mm-hmm. um there's so much that we cover and there's so we just scratched the surface child um i know we did but i just i'm glad i got to milk you for all the the journey that i could i think about us reaching back you said something that's really really like key mm-hmm. when you don't feel like advising yourself resort to the sermons and, and the motivations and I think that's the best way to characterize it. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with. And drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. So when you think about someone who's unnerving, their- mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe they're selling in um, American Republic, maybe they're just trying to figure out, like, do I need to go to college or not, right, mm-hmm. um, to be successful. When you think about someone in there that you'd like to reach back to, mm-hmm. what would you say that that word of advice is from your journey that will help someone make their... Mm, that's a really good
0: <sighs> I would say that for one, you don't, as an individual, you don't have to have it all together. You just want, you just have to want it bad enough. And you have to want it bad enough to not even need the validation from other people. Because one thing that we do is we question ourselves and we start asking like, hey, what do you think about this? And if that person shuts it down, then you think that what you're thinking is wrong. So believe it for yourself. Protect that thing that you believe in and seek wisdom Surround yourself around people that will speak into that and sometimes those people are not your friends So they're not the most obvious person and find a rhythm that's going to work for you And it does not look like the next person that you might be Um, And What does does that look like for me? I feel good about Modern Ruth, believe it or not, when I wake up in the morning, pray, listen to a to a motivational speaker, go to the gym, eat right, my house has to be clean and my bed, my bed has to be made. All of those things is what really creates the best version of me. That's when I show up and I feel so good about what I'm going to do that day. It took me a minute to figure that out. You don't have to figure it out on day one, but it's gonna come. And when you do hold on to that, protect that. I hope that makes sense.
1: It absolutely, it absolutely makes sense. I got you. And now for the listeners of the Work and Play podcast, is there any like special doors they can knock on in order to get some of the,
0: some of your items? Um, honestly, if you do subscribe and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create like, um, like a code. Oh, nice. Yes. Work and play. Work and play code. Yes,
1: we'll do that. Okay, so if you guys tap the code, it'll be in the description. You guys Mm -hmm. will be able to get some merch. And listen, what I would love for people to do is like wear it and then tag you in it so we can see like Mm -hmm. some of the cute stuff that you guys pull out. Because whether you're in corporate or on your way out, I think you got some really good stuff that Mm -hmm. will even like tap into that mindset that you're talking about. Like Wearing a bustier to work when, like, you don't necessarily. Yes.
0: Because this is a work fit. Yes. But this is also a play fit. It is. Work (laughs) fit. I've enjoyed you so so much.
1: Listen,
0: I know you guys have enjoyed
1: this one as well. So go ahead and reach out to Giselle. And if you have any questions, you know what to do. But until
0: next time, peace out.